Welcome to Property Nomads and welcome back to Adrian Benjamin. If you haven't listened to the first episode that Adrian and I recorded, it's on the podcast feed. It's a few episodes ago and that's about four pillars of protection we were talking about. Uh, you know, for example, oils, life insurance, and and how to protect yourselves and your family in the short, medium, and long term. So, I would recommend go back and listen to that. It's very. Uh, this is more property specific. This episode, whereas the other episode, I would say a lot more generic. So it applies to a wider range of people. Uh, Adrian, welcome back to Property Nomads. Thank you for inviting me back. <laughs> and thoroughly enjoyed the last conversation uh, that we had. There was a lot of insight there. And we spoke off there a while ago about property protection strategies. And I mean, we can go into all sorts of places with this. Um, from your experience with your corporate background and then with property sourcing and the things that you've done. Um, yeah, give us uh, give us an idea. What 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 are we going to be looking at when we're talking about property protection? How how are we attacking this episode today? Yeah, so more and more people are having limited uh, companies um, to have a property business because of, I think you um, alluded to it on the last episode, being more tax efficient. <laughs> Instead of having properties in your own name, you set up a limit company, you do it that way. Um, so there's some great products out there where you can still have financial protection, but put it through the limited company. So with life insurance, if you're a limited company director, you can put that through the business as a company expense and it's an allowable business expense. So it could potentially lower your corporation tax bill. Okay. So look at it. If you're a normal employee, sometimes you'll get a death in service benefit. So you might have a multiple of your salary for X amount. It's the same thing, basically. Um, and the great thing about that is the company's paying for it. So if you're a property investor, and you look at your tenant's rent is paying for your life insurance policy. So if the worst was to happen, your tenants are paying for a policy that will cover the whole portfolio. So it's kind of a no-brainer um, if you have a limited company. So I think that's a, a fantastic product. And the same um, elements apply from before about the planning, like that money can go you know, back into the business or it can be with, with the family, basically. Um, executive income protection can go for the limited company as well. So if you can't work for any medical reason, so bad back, um, stress, depression, anxiety, hit by a bus, you know, give the worst scenario, hit by a bus and you can never work again, then, you know, that's an income. So for example, if you are a limited company director, you get to earn the, um, 80% of what you would have got paid normally. So if we said someone's on uh, 50,000 pounds a year, we times up by 80%, they'll get 40,000. So if you're, let's say you've got your, you've got 30 years left of work left in you, right? Let's say you're 37 years old. So 40,000 pounds a year times by 37 is, is nearly 1.5 million. That's what, what that income protection policy is actually worth. So you're getting that income every month. Just, just on that, just thinking, um, just thinking uh, outside the box here, is that what a director would get paid uh, gross net or was that the rental income? Because sometimes directors will take minimal PAYE and then top that with yeah. so yeah. how how are we looking at that? Yeah, that, that would be separate. That would be coming through the business. So the same okay. way that the, they take salary and dividend, you get um it's expensed when you're paying it monthly, but then if you need to claim it, if if you are sick, then you pay tax as normal. Got you. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, that's a great one. Um also property events, there's a lot of JV in going on 
So, which is joint venture. Um, so let's say me and Robert wanted to do business with each other. Fantastic. Um, let's say I died, right? My shares go to my spouse on death and she can come in and make business decisions. Robert, would you want my missus making business decisions? Uh, I'm going to say I've never, I've never personally met your missus, so I'm not going to comment on that and be diplomatic. <laughs> right. So the answer to that, that is no. Um, and yeah, and that, that's what happens with limited company directors. So there's a product called shareholder protection, whereby if that was to happen, you also need a cross option agreement drawn up by um, a solicitor or, or a legal specialist, which will say similar to property. You've, Robert has the option to buy you know, the shares off my spouse and retain 100% ownership of the business. That is a product that is massively needed in the property space that we spoke about beforehand, where people do JVs, which is great. You never think of the downside, and that is preventing a lot of headache. So shareholder protection, if you've got two or more limited company directors, is huge. Uh, key person. So let's say you've got an IT firm, Robert, for example, and you've got a great um, IT developer who's developing this property app. If that person's off sick or passes away, that's a massive impact on your business because you can't replace them because everything's in their head. And if you're trying to recruit them, that's going to take time and money. So with a key person policy on that, that person, you could say if that person's off sick or passes away, that money goes into the business. So let's say that person's worth 100 grand to the business. That money goes into the business and then you can help to recruit someone else to come in and take that person's place. That is another um, product, which is, I think, more suited to more um, more developed businesses that have been around for a number of years. But that that product huge as well, and again, goes for the business. Um, if you have a buy-to-let portfolio, all those mortgages, if someone passes away, what happens to their debt then? No one ever thinks about that. So you can get the mortgages covered through the business as well. Wow, okay. So there's, 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 a, lot, there's a lot to attack here. So in I love the... The point that you made about joint ventures because as you mentioned in, in the previous episode that we've done an, an off air that whenever you go around to uh property networking events or property training you know like i've done uh, as well then you get a lot of you know jv fine jv this jv that but actually and, and you know sometimes it works out absolutely fine but there are it's always a horror stories isn't it but there's always times where it's um, people just haven't either haven't been told about something or they haven't thought of it themselves. And I think that's the point we're, we're trying to make here. That actually, a couple of things, to be honest, that you've just mentioned there, I haven't actually thought about. I didn't know they existed. Uh, that shareholder uh, protection, you know, that, that sort of swap. I didn't actually know that existed. So that's new to me. So I'm sure people are going to be taking a lot from There's this. always a shareholder's agreement from like the solicitors, but... Correct. They don't say you need insurance to cover. That's the missing bit. So that's an education piece as well. Yeah. It's the same how relevant life and executive protection is kind of for accountants, but if they're not around specialist insurance brokers like myself, they're they're going to be unaware of it as well. So that's why again, all the products that we, me and Robert, have spoken about today, they're going to be in my YouTube channel. They're on my Instagram account. Where if you want to go back and double check on it, you can you can do that online. Yeah, absolutely. I would say on that, um, we'll mention that at the end, uh, all the links and whatnot are going to be in the show notes um, as well. And mm -hmm. again, I would urge people to go back and listen to the other episode that we've recorded uh, about you know, four pillars of protection as well. So in, in terms of um, in terms of property, um, so you've got these you know, shareholder uh, bits and pieces here. Uh, 
yeah, caveat mTOR when you're doing your joint ventures. Um, what do you find that, from your experience, again, with your corporate background, what do you find that property people just aren't thinking about that they need to think about? Is there anything you haven't mentioned that needs mentioning? Um, I think like the end part of, okay, what happens to the business when you're not here? So the, mm-hmm. the general, the life insurance bit, the will bit, the business products we spoke about just now with shareholder protection for JVs, key person cover, you know, if you get sick, uh, things like that. I think what I've learned with property people is it's just cash flow and appreciation. That's all they're bothered about. And they think, oh, well, I'm dead. Someone else will sort it out. Well, no, because they can lose it all. And it's like you've put, what, 25% down for the deposit for the property, the buy seller, you're not getting that money back. So if you've invested all this time, energy and effort and money, protect it properly. You know, there's, there's you know, family businesses that have been going for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. They have to have a plan in place. And if you are, you know, whatever you are aligning with your family doing it, just do it correctly, you know, and, and plan it. Because like we said before with lenders, They've already analyzed you when you when you apply for a mortgage, they check your credit rating. You know, do you pay things on time? Are you reckless? If you have a credit card, how much of the credit card are you actually using? Are you maxing it out every month? You know, is that a good thing? Um, are you on the voters role? They just want to see, you know, are you staying in a certain area? Do you move around a lot? Do you have a fixed location? Like that's all risk. So we're happy to take out hundreds of thousands in mortgage debt, but you know, we're not thinking about making sure we can pay that back. And that's why I feel I'm here to, to spread more awareness on, you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And uh, I think as what, what's important, um, and we touched on this in, in the previous episode as well, that if you are, if you've got, you've got a property business, okay, and it, there's two of you, uh, like, you know, me, me and Aaron, you know, best, you know, best mates, known each other for a very long time, you know, and that's, that's all great. I know that, because my, and I'm saying this, and I mean this in the politest possible way at the time of recording, when my wife is, is uh, when my wife is Mexican and English is fine, et cetera, et cetera, I know that from a passing the business on point of view, actually it's more beneficial for Aaron, if something were, ha- were to happen to me, it's more beneficial that actually my shares get passed to my brother because my brother's got a commercial property background. Right. He's got an interest in it. And, you know, it, it sets him up moving forward. Now, when, you know, kids are born or, you know, whenever that happens, then the situation changes again. But from a practical point of view, I'm thinking, right, OK, pass it on to my brother because he's got an interest in it. Um, he's also UK based, which I imagine might make things easier. I don't know. So it's, it's just little things like that thinking okay if something happens to me tomorrow this is in place that goes to this person that then shouldn't disrupt the business as such um because Aaron and my brother get on quite well so they've got a working relationship as well uh, and then you know whatever happens after that happens um maybe that's just my way of thinking but I think it comes back to what you said before multiple times it's about thinking but also about being pragmatic and not just taking things for granted yeah and also thing things might change but at least you've had the conversation because mm. like i said i've been in property for how many years now like oh i'm not here they'll sort it out no they won't and the lender's going to take it back and people just think because again we're not we're not told these things so it's not anyone's i guess fault 
but you really need to think about it because all these you know multi-million billion pound businesses they're planning everything right when we get anything released to general public that's been made years in advance mm-hmm. like i think someone said that like the iphone they have like 10 versions ahead already but they're planning like does that make sense but i feel some of us fall into business or start a business because it sounded like a good idea and then they they get you get stuck well i'm saying look have the end in mind so for example and I've, I've got some friends in America where they'll say they'll set up a business and we're going to sell it in five years, 10 years. We're going to go public. That's the plan. Cool. And then we're going to do something else where a lot of people are, I'm going to do this property, that property. There's no plan. There's no contingency. I'm I'm working all these hours for my kids because I hear it every day in my job. I was like, does your kid even like property? They financially literate. Do you, do you trust them with money? And it's like, Ooh, no. I was like, if you're not doing it now when he's 12, what's if you get hit by a bus to like, that's not good. Whereas some people, it's completely different where they're building businesses and they know for well their kids are going to get it. That's how they they think in, in different in different cultures. And even if the kids aren't business minded, well, so-and-so uncle or whatever is going to manage it for them, right? You want that property business because we all love property, right? Because it's, it's great, right? Most, majority of the most wealthiest people in the world have property. That's why, you know, we're in it to learn. Yeah. But how are they having properties that are lasting generations? And other people aren't because if you're not aware of it you can lose everything in like one generation if you haven't got the correct things in place so, you know there might be a tax bill okay is a life insurance policy so whatever the bill is we can still pay that you know do we have enough money so the the lender's happy you know whether we pay it all off or not or remortgage like it, it doesn't matter like you're always going to need capital in any business and this is what this is what these products are, are doing you know and if you got put it through the limited company it's going to be a lot more tax efficient for you yeah, I'm, I'm sure the words tax efficiency will uh, perk people's ears up uh, 100% the minute the minute you say that because again we and, and again we're we're, pre, we're approaching this from um, you know a limited company point of view. So what I will ask you is if just for argument's sake, I'm a sole trader and I've got you know five properties in my personal name, so I've owned them for 20 years or whatever it is. Do the same. Do the same strategies still apply? As in, could I possibly come to you and say, "Yeah, uh, Adrian, I uh, want some life insurance," or uh, you know, can that still apply if, if you're a sole trader? Does that make a difference at all? Yeah, good question. Yeah, the same products still apply. It's just you know you can't put it through the business like a limit company, but you can still have it as a sole trader. The life insurance policy written into trust that's available for everyone. Where you know your estate's not paying four percent inheritance tax. So no matter how you you're operating um for for work there's there's going to be a product for you yeah and it and that and it all comes down to speaking with the right people having the right people on your power team and i would say after all of that as you said it as well you've got to start with the end in mind so if you're just thinking of getting started in property uh you know as i know a few people are what's the end result is it passed down generational is it to you know you want to live off the rent and ride off into into the sunset and, and whatever it is you want to do there's there's no right or wrong with whatever your answer is but start with the end in mind will then help you get the right policies and the right people in place in order to protect yourself family moving forward exactly exactly everyone is going to be completely different as well um another thing i get is you know john down the pub got his for 2 pound 50 or whatever everyone's insurance is completely unique to themselves so if you had an identical twin your policies could be completely different you know your twin brother might smoke he might drink you might have other health conditions so it's never going to be a like for like uh, and that, that makes a good point uh, what 
And again, from your experience, and, and this is a novice question, but I'm asking this on purpose. What sort of things will affect the life insurance policy? You mentioned smoking, drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what other things... Do, what things do you see that people get stumped by that they're not expecting that we can bring to the table now to make people aware? Yeah. No, that, that is a good question. Um, so smoking, some people think even though they smoke, it won't impact it. It will. Um, height and weight, so your BMI, um, your medical history, you know, do you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, any medical condition, um, your job as well. So for example, if you're working at, um, at an oil rig, mm-hmm. that's dangerous, right? You've got a high, higher chance of dying than someone in an office. Mm-hmm. So your your line of work um, is important as well. Um, but I'd say mainly from a medical perspective, that's probably the main thing. How is your health? I think that's that they're, they're the things that can change the policy. And if you can even get covered, you know, I've got some clients coming to me and like, I'd love to help them, but for whatever medical reason, the insurance price is going to say, no, there's too much of a risk. So... It's a bit cliche. The sooner you get it done, the cheaper it's going to be. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, not that I'm going to advocate that people, uh, how should I put it, bend the truth on these things. But I'm going to guess from your point of view, because pe- people have the stigma about, well, insurance never pays out and, you know, this happens, that happens. I'm going to guess that you need to be just truthful about it. So, for example, you know, I wouldn't class myself as a smoker. Would I have the odd cigarette every now and then? Yes. So therefore, I will be a smoker. I'm a magic. Yes, correct. Yes, exactly. So, so I'm glad you've said that because you've disclosed it. Because again, if something happens and they, you know, examine your body and they go, like, oh, well, we could tell there was smoke in there. You don't want that because they're not going to out, pay out because you've not been truthful. But you can still smoke and get covered for life insurance. You know, every provider's attitude to it is completely different. But you're right, you have to disclose it or, you know, you don't drink alcohol and you drink 50 units a week and, mm. you know, your liver fails. <laughs> hey, they're not going to, we're joking around, but, you know, please tell the truth. It's basically it. No, I, again, completely, I, I completely agree with this. It's, um, yeah, people might look at the, uh, well, especially if you're putting it through a business as well, because then, as you said about tax efficiency and business covers cost of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then, in fact, there's no reason not to try and bend the truth to save like five quids. It's going to come off your tax bill anyway. So it's a, it's a win-win, it's a win-win situation. Um, Adrian, before we wrap up, um, um sort of pe- send people in your direction of how people get hold of you and, and speak to you, uh, etc. Um, two questions: Is is it? Uh, yeah, I'll do them separately rather than make it one big question. Is there anything that we haven't mentioned about property and property protection that people need to know that you're able to tell them? I think we've kind of covered all it from the protection and insurance and that's pretty much it. If people, you know, forget, obviously I've got my YouTube channel, which goes through all the, all the, all the different products. Um, obviously your podcast is going to be in my link tree as well. So if they want to go back and listen to that um, and if they're not too sure, just um, click my Calendly link for an appointment and then we can go for it. Cause, cause like we said before, everyone's situation is completely different. So yeah, just, just have a consultation call really. Fantastic. And then my other question was uh, sort of overlaps what I've just said. Is uh, is there any uh, any frequently asked questions? Uh, do you, what's what's the most common question you'll get when it comes down to insurance policies and setting this sort of stuff up? I think you kind of covered them. Like, does it pay out? How much is it going to cost? Um, they're the kind of 
usual ones. But actually, like I've said before, it's actually more affordable than people think. It's just there's a stigma in our head that we just think, ah, it's going to be, you know, loads. I've had people where they've got everything and like, oh my God, is that it? And I'm like, yeah, like your your car lease is £500 a month. Hopefully everything's not going to be £500 a month. You know, that's a depreciating asset. If you had it in insurance, it's protecting everything you've ever worked for. So I always say to clients, look at the value, not the price. You know, if you look at it that way, then then it's, it's going to be better for you. Yeah, I, lo- I love that phrase because uh, going going off topic, as I say the same to people uh, when uh, talking about um, gold and silver, like the, the the actual physical stuff is don't look at the price, look at the value with everything that's going yeah. on. But that's a different podcast for a different time. I won't get I won't get into that right now. Um, Adrian, thank you very much. Uh, I would urge people to go back and listen to the uh, the, the first episode that we've done uh, that you you've taken time out of your day to record. So thank you for you know doing the previous episode uh, as well really appreciate that we will put all the links link tree youtube instagram all of that will be in the show notes and yes uh, as and when things change or if something else pops up i'd be delighted to have you back on the show because i think this information is incredibly useful for everyone listening in in some way shape or form and um, hopefully the episodes that we've done um, have been added a lot of value and got you thinking because this is the sort of stuff we all need to take action on thank you for having me on the show robert thanks for listening to property nomads to help the podcast even more please do head over to patreon.com forward slash property nomads that's patreon.com forward slash property nomads mm-hmm.